Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Keep the devil. 
This is the Dr. C. Robert Jones Conservative Report, weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the WAU Radio Network. Let's get together this weekend. This is Tesla, your host of the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. Every weekend we bring you three fantastic, exciting shows that are sure to make you laugh, cry, get angry, and even think. Start your weekend on Friday night with the Roundtable Roundup Edition. This show features other radio hosts and listeners who call in. And it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when the show opens. Our Saturday program is the American Exceptionalism Edition that focuses on the Constitution and our founding fathers in light of today's current events emphasizing America's greatness. The American Exceptionalism Edition is for all patriots. And our Hot Topic program sizzles every Sunday as we analyze the important national and international issues with intelligent political analysis without the bells and whistles. If you want the truth without the distractions, Sunday is where you want to be. Join us every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tesla. See you this weekend. Socialism is not an option. WWDB 24-7 Internet Talk Radio. When we do Internet Talk Radio, we receive support from a great many areas. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances and the time we invest in our hobbies. Well, this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. Are you going to stay up all night? You're a family, you know. You're always at that computer. How much money do you make doing that dumbass radio show? You're not the only one that lives there, you know. You better come and eat. I'm not bringing it in there. It's getting closer. It's halftime at the primaries. Super Tuesday is the day that could potentially decide the GOP nomination. Four remaining candidates. Eleven states. Across four time zones. From the people who brought you the ever-popular Iowa Caucus All-Night Special. We're back. Bringing you another fantastic night of results coverage. The Super Tuesday All-Night Special. March 3rd, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Seven hours of exciting, uninterrupted coverage. Follow the links from one show to the next. What are the shows? Well, I'm glad you asked. Teaming up again is Tesla with Doc Jones. Dave Gray and Jiski Rocks. 
and Jermaine, a.k.a. GGT183. Special commentator and contributor throughout the night is Annie Ubellis of Southern Sense. At 7 p.m., Kessler will host Socialism is Not an Option on a special Tuesday night episode. Join them again and comment and discuss exit polling and actual results. Next Join me, David Graham, on my show, Stay Mad Radio, where we'll continue the coverage joined by G-Ski Rocks and other callers and guests. And the night is not over yet. GGT 183 comes on at 11 p.m. and launches a special three-hour version of Conservative Primetime. As you know, this show always mixes it up. And this show is the cleanup hitter. And we'll conclude your evening crackling and pop-pop-popping from the excitement of today. So you get results coverage from 7 p.m. until 2 a.m. With the way some of these primary races have gone so far, it promises to be an action-packed all-night special. So please join us for fun interaction and informative commentary. Call in to vent, rant, or promote your guy. Just make sure you tell us why. <laughs> See you on Super Tuesday. Whatever Congress refuses to act, uh, Joe and I, we're going to act. Uh, in the months to come, wherever we have an opportunity, we're going to take steps on our own to keep this economy moving. And with or without Congress, every day I'm going to be continuing to fight with them. I do hope Congress joins me. Instead of spending the coming months in a lot of phony political debates, Focusing on the next election. All right. Good evening, folks. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. And let's get it started. I'm not so sure our Tuesday, um, or Super Tuesday Spectacular is going to be so spectacular. Uh, we seem to be having some issues with regard to personalities and uh, that Super Tuesday thing might not come off the way it was advertised. I suspect that it'll still come off and it'll still be great, but uh, not as was advertised in that promo, I suspect. It's just my getting you ready for that. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the Obama administration has continued to state that they will act wherever necessary, with or without Congress, whenever he can, however he can, and using whatever methods are available to him. And I say, be careful what you wish for, Mr. President. If you are going to act in a lawless fashion and completely disregard the Constitution of the United States, it could turn back on you. 
the American people are hardwired for one thing and one thing alone. The most important thing, freedom. Freedom. Freedom to eat fuck damn hostess ho-hos out of a vending machine if we so desire. Or corn chips. Or Cracker Jacks. Freedom to put a pound of butter on a single pancake if we so desire. Smoke cigarettes. Eat a porterhouse steak with mashed potatoes and gravy and some new potatoes on the side and those little baby carrots if we so desire. We're free. America is still free. The president would like us not to be so free. Because we, you, the average American citizen, we really don't know what's good for us. And we need the government to tell us when to eat, how to eat, what to eat, how much to eat, how much to drink, how much salt to use, how much pepper to use, how much seasoning, how much butter. Because we're not smart enough to figure these things out for ourselves. We need the government to tell us when to go to bed, when to wake up, what to do when we go to bed, what to dream about, how much money we should make, how much money we should be able to keep. And earlier today, just eight hours ago, Valerie Jarrett said that unemployment stimulates the economy. Don't believe me? Here it is. Here it is right here and now. Unemployment. Those who are struggling. And let's face it, even though we had a terrible economic crisis three years ago, throughout our country many people were suffering long before the last three years, particularly in the black community. And so we need to make sure that we continue to support that important safety net. It not only is good for the family, but it's good for the economy. People who receive that unemployment check go out and spend it and help stimulate the economy, so that's healthy as well. Let me make sure I got this straight. About the average unemployment check is right around 300 350 a week. You're going to take that money and go out and spend it, and that's going to stimulate the economy. If you're on unemployment, like I know a couple of people who are, they're struggling to make that little bit of money that come in, pay the mortgage or the rent, put just a little bit of food on the table, bare bones, maybe pay a couple of utility bills because they've they've shut off cable. They've, they've shut they, the cable, the internet, all that has to go. And they've got to use that little bit of money they have coming in to squeeze it ever so slightly to make ends meet. Until they can find a job. How does that stimulate the economy? It's asinine. It's not even worth discussing any more than this. Let's get back to something we talked about last night. We can't wait. We can't wait. The coming dictatorship of Barack Hussein Obama. And I don't mean in the grand form 
like an Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin or a Benito Mussolini or a uh, Hugo Chavez or a uh, Fidel Castro. I mean a guy who uses the time-honored ploy. Congress is not doing its job. They're do-nothing Congress. Americans are hurting. Americans are struggling right now. And they need a president who can get things done for the American people. And so, my fellow Americans, I, as your president, am going to suspend the Constitution of the United States, suspend elections for the time being, because America is at a crossroads. We're at a time when our country is in desperate need of solutions, not the bickering of Congress, not this back and forth, this phony arguing. We need to get things done for the American people. That's really what it's all about, getting things done for the American people. And in order to do that, I need to suspend habeas corpus. I need to suspend all internet. I need to suspend and suspend and suspend some more for the sake of the American people. Now, I am not that big of a fan of Alex Jones, my cousin. <laughs> Just kidding, he's not my cousin, but you know, his name is Jones. Well, yeah. I thought it was kind of cute, but he he lays it down. I know a lot of you, a lot of my listeners are, um, you know, they're followers of Alex Jones. So this clip is for you, because Alex Jones, although I consider him to be on the fringes of um, uh, things, sometimes every once in a while he gets things right, and here he is. Continue with other rodent analogies. Let's go ahead and go to this clip of Obama openly here trying to sell you dictatorship. I can fix everything. Just let me do whatever I want. We've heard that before in history. Here it is. The Senate blocked a bill that would have created this commission. So I'll issue an executive order that will allow us to go forward because I refuse to pass this problem on to another generation of Americans. I know some here wish that I could just bypass Congress and change the law myself. I know there's some folks who wish I could just bypass Congress. Super great. Didn't he just say that twice in a row? He just said that twice in a row. Bypass Congress. Get things done. Met with wild applause. I would have loved to have been in that crowd of folks just to see who are these people who are applauding the President of the United States bypassing the Constitution and Congress. 
so he can get things done for the American people. Do they not understand that what the government can give you, the government can also take away? Let's continue on with this this disgusting display. I can. Now, I know some people want me to bypass Congress and change the laws on my own. Believe me. And cheering for tyranny. Yes, yes, we're idiots. We really think you're good. Remember the very same bankers Bush was. And 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 believe me, uh, right now dealing with Congress, the idea. Yes, we can get rid of Congress. Those folks would take your guns in a minute. Believe me, the idea of, of doing things on my own is very tempting. And then we've got him being sworn in, saying he'd protect and defend the Constitution. Yeah, one of the people he's putting forward uh, with these recess appointments without ever trying to actually get them through Congress uh, was named Chief Operating Officer of Citigroup's Alternative Investments Unit. Okay, that's Alex Jones. He'd like to bypass Congress. It's tempting. He'd like to bypass the Constitution. It's tempting, isn't it? In this video clip, I saw a picture of the cloud, the crowd cheering wildly. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. More more of us should study history. Particularly history where it deals with tyranny and injustice. Uh, despots, dictators, and the like. Because if those folks had studied history the way I taught it, they would not be cheering. Because what I just heard was the same fervor, the same sort of rhetoric that I heard the other night. Sunday night while watching a documentary on you-know-who, Adolf Hitler, where he was cheered widely for doing things on his own. A few things are clear with an Obama win, regardless of whether his party keeps the Senate and wins back the House of Representatives in the fall. Unions will be much more powerful, especially in national affairs, than they already are. The federal government will become much more like the state of California. In the golden state, as it's called, governing is only possible with the consent of the unions who control most, if not all, of the state's Democrat Party elected officials. Of course, uh, the bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. will be greatly expanded. Obama has quietly begun circumventing the role of Congress by expanding the grasp and power of the red tape makers within the government. An expanded Health and Human Services Bureau, the NLRB, 
the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and a job-killing EPA come to mind right now. Who needs Congress? Who needs Congress when a bureaucrat can rule by decree? You don't need Congress if you've got a bureaucrat who basically says how things are going to be run. This is the reason for all of the many, many czars we have. It's a simple effort, a simple effort to circumvent Congress. You've been listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. We'll be right back. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call in number is 347-884-8500. We can't wait. We can't wait. Wait until the bumper stickers come out. I have just given Obama his new slogan. We can't wait. We can't wait for you, Congress. We can't wait for you, Constitution. We need to get things done. Take a stroll through your neighborhood Occupy Wall Street protest. Whether it's in New York or Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, Georgia, Atlanta, Miami. And you're likely to see a recurring theme embolized across cardboard signs. Stating, redistribute wealth from the 1% to the 99%, all in the name of fairness. Whether or not it makes good policy, or if you if you want to hear that message without fighting the crowds, you could save yourself some time. 
Turn on the TV and tune in to President Barack Obama's latest campaign swing across America, this time titled, We Can't Wait. I'm here to say that we can't wait. We can't wait for an increasingly dysfunctional Congress to do its job. Where they won't act. I will, Mr. President Barack Obama claimed in Las Vegas, Nevada recently. There is no excuse for the games and gridlock we've seen in Washington. Where we don't have to wait for Congress, we're just going to go ahead and act on our own. The actions the president is proposing, more money for underwater mortgages and yet-to-be-announced student loan initiatives. There's no hiding the ball in the president's populist pitch. Nothing. And that ball is Obama's desire to circumvent Congress and enact policies that appeal to his far-left big government base. Regardless of the will of the people or the representatives in the House and the Senate. Why this guy is not, his poll numbers are not sinking and tanking as we speak is of horror to me. One would think that we as Americans would be completely and utterly turned off by this guy. Clearly, Americans aren't falling for this. Clearly, we're smarter than this. Where is the love for America? Where is the love for our country, our rich traditions? Where is Congress right now? Where is the Republican Congress? Where is our Ronald Reagan? Where? Are we doomed? Are we done? Is it over? You know, as a younger man, I feared I feared for the future of this country in a way that not many envision. I'll admit as a history professor, as a United States Marine, and a history buff since since I was a small, small child, I fear for the demise of this nation. Because I read about countries that lasted for a thousand years and then suddenly disappeared. Oh, there was the inevitable decline. Greece was a powerhouse at one time. Rome, the Roman Empire, the United Kingdom, Great Britain. Great Britain was a great power. Egypt. Remember those places? Remember those countries? Think about those people. Each nation I just mentioned are third rate at best. The UK, Great Britain is no longer the superpower it once was. Greece, a laughingstock. Rome, the Roman Empire, there is no empire. So when I 
when I thought about these things, when I thought about the, the history, I thought, this could happen to the United States as well. We're just a baby. We're, 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 we're infants compared to all of these great empires. Barely 300 years old. And already we're in such steep decline. America's power is waning by the day. Our fortunes leaking like a sieve. Are we living in the last days? And Obama talks openly. Our our president speaks openly about circumventing Congress and the Constitution and getting things done his way and on his own. Is there no more clear sign that America is about to go the way of Greece and Great Britain and Egypt and all of those countries that once ruled the world can we stop it is it possible because here's the thing if and 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 and, and this speaks what i'm about to say speaks to the title of this show for tonight mr obama Mr. President, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Because when America sinks into the trash heap of history, much like Greece, the Roman Empire, Great Britain, the Egyptian Empire, so will you. You will be marginalized. Right now, Mr. President, you are the most powerful single individual on earth. Is your hatred for your country such that you destroy yourself along with the country? Mr. President, you are bringing this country to its knees. And you're bringing yourself to your knees. There's a reason why Ronald Reagan spoke so highly of this great nation about us being an exceptional country. In building up this great country, he builds up it he builds up its people and himself. A strong leader, a strong president of a very strong nation. Barack Obama seeks just the opposite of that. If Obama fails to convince the American people and his own party to pass a new stimulus package, the American Jobs Act, and he's headed into an election season with nearly 14 million jobless Americans, a stagnant economy, and yet wants to spend even more, what does that suggest to you? 
that Obama wants to see this great nation brought to its knees. There is no other explanation. None, mind you. None. I am appalled. I am shocked because although I felt that America at some point would decline in power and prestige just like Great Britain, just like the Egyptian enterprise, just like the Roman Empire. I didn't think it would happen in my lifetime or my children. I have, a, I have adult children. And here I am, a newly minted 50-year-old man, and experiencing the decline of this great nation. Something I thought about as a 14, 15, 16-year-old. Yes, I did. Does anybody care? Is anybody listening? In some places in America today, gas prices are at $6 a gallon. And for the Obama administration, there is no quick fix, he says. There is no magic pill. We've heard it all before. One wonders if the president doesn't mind at all that gas prices are so high. He set a goal for there to be one million electric vehicles on the road within 10 years. America is in decline, folks. Is it too late? We've got Mitt Romney, barely conservative. We've got Newt Gingrich, prickly, petulant, no charisma whatsoever, none. We've got Rick Santorum, bland and boring, yet Reaganist in one one way only. That he's a true conservative. But he's got to do more than that. As I stated on Southern Sense Radio Show just a couple of days ago, it's going to take more than talking like Reagan. Reagan had charisma. Reagan had style. Reagan had that certain something. Reagan had what some people say fighter pilots had. The right stuff. Does Santorum have the right stuff? Does he have that certain something? He does not. Certainly Mitt doesn't. Certainly Gingrich doesn't. I I strongly fear that we're going to lose this election in November because we've got two guys who talk the talk but don't have any style. They don't have any class. They don't have any they don't have any charisma. We've got Romney who is barely better than 
McCain was. And we've got Barack Hussein Obama, who says absolutely nothing, is a complete empty suit, completely. Dumb as a box of rocks, but built up to be a genius. He's brilliant. He's the he's the smartest guy in the room, they say. His IQ is off the charts. He knows more about policy than his policymakers. All of that crap, they say. He's he he has the brain he doesn't have the brains God gave a goose. That's for sure. But what does he have? He has charisma. He's got style. What do all the best con men possess? What's what is the one attribute con men possess over anything else? Charisma. Charisma. That certain something that enables you to stand transfixed before them and pretty much buy whatever it is they're selling. They'll sell you the damn Brooklyn Bridge and you know it's not for sale and they'll and you and they'll swear to God they own it. And they'll sell it to you for fifty bucks. If they've got style and charisma, you will stand and you will listen. That's what we have in our president right now. He's got style. He's got charisma. He knows what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. You don't have to be smart to do, to be that way. And that's why, even though his poll numbers are tanking as to how he's doing his job, his personal poll numbers are as high as they've ever been. Why do you think that is? Because people listen to him. Newt doesn't have that attribute, nor does Santorum, and barely does Mitt Romney. I had high hopes for the Republican field. Truly, I did. I see a country in steep, steep decline. And I don't see any way out of it today. I hate to I hate to sound so uh such a defeatist today. But I'm I'm very much concerned for this country. Very much indeed. If something doesn't happen between now and November to dramatically transform Romney into Ronald Reagan or inject some charisma in prickly newt or throw a little color on Santorum, I got a feeling we're going to see just four more years or more of Barack Hussein Obama. And if we Conservatives, Republicans take the House, keep the House, and take the Senate. Well, Barack has already set the stage for bypassing Congress altogether. How many times have you thrown it out there? Oh, honey, I really wish, you know, we could spice up our love life a little. 
Maybe, maybe add another chick in the sack with us. Just throwing it out there just to see if she'll bite. I've never done it. I've heard it. I've heard folks you know, talk about it. But that's just an example. That's what Obama's doing. Just throwing it out there. Well, I'd really like to bypass Congress, but you know, we got that whole constitution and I gotta and then but he's got wild cheering. <sighs> hey, wait a minute now. Maybe some of these people will buy this deal. Maybe I might be able to get away with bypassing Congress. And just doing it my way. I'm gonna ask you, all of you right now. If you can name a time, a date, a president who's ever said any such thing ever in the history of this great nation, any any name one president who said that he want he'd like to bypass Congress. Name one single president who has said that he would love to bypass Congress or the Constitution. In order to get things done. For the American people. There hasn't been any, has there? None. Not one. Not one. 2020 is coming up in just a few minutes. Please don't miss it. Herman Cain is going to be there. And Herman is going to put on a show. I'm pretty sure I'll be there. 2020 Radio Network with G Ski Rocks. Be there or be square. Every man a king. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. How many men ever went to a barbecue and would let one man take off the table what's intended for nine-tenths of the people to eat? The only way you'll ever be able to feed the bottles to the people is to make that man come back and bring back some that grub. He ain't got no business. Now, how are you going to feed the bottles to the people? What's Morgan and Baruch and Rockefeller and Mellon going to do with all that grub? They can't eat it. They can't wear the clothes. They can't live in the house. But when they've got everything on the God's living earth that they can eat and they can wear and they can live in, and all that their children can live in and wear and eat and all their children's children can use, then we got to call Mr. Morgan and Mr. Mellon and Mr. Rockefeller back and say, come back here. Put that stuff back on this table here that you took away from here that you don't need. Leave something else for the American people to consume. Why is Ayn Rand's great novel Atlas Shrugged a bestseller today, more than half a century after it was written? It's because our real world today is just like the fictional future that Rand foresaw in Atlas Shrugged. It's a time of crisis and decay, but it's also a world of innovation and achievement. It's a world of heroes and villains, driven by very different philosophies. We wrote I Am John Galt to tell their stories. 
we look at the heroic innovators who are building our world and show that they're doing it just like the heroes of Ayn Rand's novels. They're using her philosophy of capitalism, reason, objective reality, and self-interest. Who is John Galt? Meet John Allison, the mild-mannered Southerner who created one of America's greatest banking empires. He did it with Ayn Rand's philosophy by getting every one of his tens of thousands of employees to read Atlas Shrugged and live by its code. In the great financial crisis of 2008, his bank was about the only one that didn't need a government bailout. But the government forced Allison to take TARP money anyway. After that, Allison walked away, just like John Galt did. There's so many other Rand heroes in our midst. There's Bill Gates, the genius who built the world's greatest company and the world's greatest personal fortune, only to have his own government call him a criminal for succeeding too much. Isn't he just like Hank Reardon from Atlas Shrugged? And how about Steve Jobs, the brilliant entrepreneur who reinvented computers, movies, music, telephones, just because he thought it was so cool? He's got the same attitude toward life as Howard Rourke from Rand's other great novel, The Fountainhead. Build it, and I don't care if they come. You'll meet some real-life Rand villains in our book, too. The parasites who are trying to destroy the world. Remember Wesley Mooch from Atlas Shrugged, the corrupt bureaucrat who destroyed the economy? That's Congressman Barney Frank, who spent years subsidizing Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac in the name of altruism. When Fannie and Freddie nearly wrecked the U.S. housing market, what did Frank do? Just like Mooch, he demanded wider powers. And you'll meet Paul Krugman, the rabid partisan pundit who spreads socialism from the pages of the New York Times and thinks nothing of using the power of the press to destroy his political enemies. He's Ellsworth Toohey, the scheming, dwarfish newspaper columnist straight from the pages of the Fountainhead. These are some of the heroes and villains who move our world. So who is John Galt? I am. You can be too. Read our book and find out how. I remember America. Sure, you can still find it on a map, but nobody older than 20 thinks this is America. Even if coordinates are the same, we've lost our compass. You don't have a direction without reference, the true north. For America, it was liberty. When we lost the love of liberty, our understanding of liberty, it was just a matter of time before the rest of it was lost. Some think it started when the auto companies were nationalized or the police state to control the Internet, or when certain companies couldn't fail because their relationship with politicians made them too big to fail, and the rest of us, without political influence, were too small to succeed. Sure, that all happened pretty quickly, over just a couple of years, but liberty had been gradually devolving for decades. Some of the more astute, like Ayn Rand, saw it about 50 years before others. She warned us, but people didn't believe it could happen here until it did. Laws had been used to loot productive individuals and businesses, but in the new millennium, under Bush and Obama, graft, corruption, and crony capitalism were no longer hidden behind closed doors. The looters and their laws came out of hiding like rabid animals that were no longer afraid of humans. It was brought into the spotlight, and it was celebrated as enlightened economic policy. Ayn Rand asked the question in Atlas Shrugged that the rest of us were asking 60 years later. Which failing financial institution will the administration pluck from the flames of crisis? And which will it let roast? Which market or investment technique will the regulators bless? And which, in a capricious change of rules, 
people that condemn or outlaw. As John Galt said in his radio address, You decided you had a right to your wages, but we had no right to our profits. You called it selfish and cruel that men should trade value for value. You've now established an unselfish society where they trade extortion for extortion. People who had never produced or managed anything tried to manage every aspect of our lives, and they brought production to a standstill. And eventually, they decided to micromanage the food supply in the name of fairness and safety. And we all know what happened then. Fiction can be a powerful influence, for good or bad. It's too bad more people didn't read Atlas Shrugged. They might have realized where this was heading. Obama's legislative war cry is, we can't wait. And we're back with the C. Robert Jones situation report. We can't wait. Maybe it should be, you gonna have to wait until I'm reelected. If Obama thinks he'll be able to convince enough voters that Congress is to blame for what ails us, and that he'll keep his promises, Republicans have a lethal counteroffensive strategy ready and waiting to strike back. For months now, an army of opposition researchers at the Republican National Committee have been digging up every exuberant, exaggerated claim Obama has made in behalf of his policies. Those words are going to be thrown back at him between now and November, reminding voters that he never made that, that, that he made over-the-top promises that remain unfulfilled. His, his $800 billion spending stimulus bill would lift 2 million Americans out of poverty. In fact, the Census Bureau tells us that over 6 million Americans still fall, have fallen below the poverty income line during the past three years of his presidency. That his home foreclosure assistance program would help between 7 and 9 million families restructure or refinance their mortgages. Exactly. No. But let me ask you this before we sign off. We've got just, just a few minutes left. Let me ask you this. What do you think of a man who doesn't take responsibility for his actions? He does not take responsibility but places blame on others. Ladies, what would you think of a man who did that? To open face. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. It was that other guy. We were in this mess before I got here. Whether it's true or not, what kind of man does that? I was always raised to take responsibility. I was always raised to covet responsibility, to relish it, to take charge. Not to say it wasn't my fault. As a young second lieutenant, I inherited a mess of a platoon. We were war fighters. I was an 0302, a, a platoon leader. My platoon was out of shape. They were a bunch of shitbirds. I was told I needed to get those Marines in shape and get them ready for combat. 
We were the Fleet Marine Force, the FMF, ready to go, supposedly. I had a, I had a full platoon of shitbirds. That's what, that's what they're called in the Marine Corps when you're just unsatisfactory. I could have stood in front of my commanding officer and said, you know what? I just got here. These guys were bad before I got here. It's the other guy, the other lieutenant who let these guys go to hell. It's not my fault. If I can't get them into shape, it's not my fault. I didn't create this mess. Can you imagine how long I would have lasted with that captain? I know it's a simplistic analogy, but it's true. Men, real men, real leaders take responsibility. Regardless of whether it was our fault or not. That's the measure of a man. Am I right? We don't put the blame on someone else. But Barack Obama seems to enjoy doing so. He hasn't accepted... He hasn't accepted responsibility for anything that's gone bad in the last three years. Nothing. It's always been Congress's fault or George Bush's fault or somebody else. Think about that. You've been listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. We'll be back tomorrow. Please come back. Listen some more because we got a lot to talk about, you and me. I want to thank you. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. We're out. Good night, folks. When you walk through the garden, you gotta watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Walk the straight and narrow track. Walk with Jesus, He's gonna save your soul. You gotta keep the devil way down in the hole. He's got the fire and the fury at His command. Well, you don't have to worry if you hold on to Jesus' hand. We'll all be safe from Satan when the thunder rolls. We just gotta keep the devil way down in the hole. Temptations for his hands of 
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.